Well, it is a great day to turn on the Soulful Jewels podcast because you guys are going to love my guests. I've told you that through 2023, I am having people on the show that I really look up to. And when it comes to health, physical, mental, and relational, today's guest is someone that I greatly looked up to look up to. He was raised in the South with an adventurous spirit and a love for art. He explored the various mediums of expression until finding the lure of photography. He received his BFA in photography from the Lamar Dodd School of Art at the University of Georgia. From there, he explored photography in Lake Tahoe and San Francisco before settling back down in Charleston, South Carolina, working as staff photographer for the Charleston City Paper. You have seen his work in the city paper, the local palette, Charleston magazines, as well as marketing images for countless restaurants in the food mecca that is Charleston. He is the definition of health, which is why I want him on the show. When he just walks in, he also has this essence of peace, which makes you want to know more about what he does. He was in my yoga class the other day, and my mom says, can you ask? We got to ask him, what supplements is he taking, right? Like when you look at him, he's the type of person that you would see on the street or just doing his thing or even meet and talk to in line at a coffee shop and just say, hey, what's your secret? Like you have it figured out. What is your secret? I have had the opportunity to talk to him a lot because I seek his advice. So when I'm in kind of a rut or I don't feel consistent, I'll walk up to him before my classes and be like, all right, what advice do you have for me here? Because he's just so wise. And I'm so pumped to have him on the show today. Guys, we are welcoming Jonathan Bonset. So today we're going to talk through a little bit of physical, mental, and relational health. Because as I just told everyone, you're the definition of health and we all want to know your secrets. So starting with physical, you've told me a little bit about this. And my mom was curious as well. Okay. A little bit about your childhood. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, did you grow up in a healthy home? What was what was it like for Jonathan? Health is a very um, big question. Um, it was full love. So in that aspect, great parents. Um, the aspect of food, they they were doing the best they could. Um, I grew up in the eighties. I was born in nineteen eighty one. I'm forty one. So. You know, it it was a lot of, there was home-cooked meals, but there was TV dinners. There was li- uh, a drawer full of Little Debbie cakes, granola bars, <laughs> at, at any, sodas, as much as you wanted. Yeah. Um, and to that, I was a very chubby, overweight kid. I actually was, was the heaviest, fattest kid in elementary school, um, which was extremely difficult. Uh, however, I started athletics at a really young age. I started playing t-ball at five. Um tackle football at eight. My dad was played for a short time college football, so the football was a big thing. Um, but I was a fat kid, I was the lineman, I was like the biggest kid. But I could bridge a lot of the, the bullying that was happening. It was only happening outside of sports because all the, the kids with the sports, we could really kind of get along. I could bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. Um, so middle school came along, super awkward. Um, going through puberty as a really overweight kid was very, very, very tough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you start to notice the opposite sex and they don't really notice you because mm-hmm. you're, you're, they're 
the fat kid. Um, so it, it was tough. Um, however, that's kind of where my love for art and just all things a little bit differently came, came about because I was super into comics and drawing and I could get along with the art kids really well because we were all kind of the on the, the, <laughs> the fringe, yeah. if you will, of the cool kids. Um, but I left eighth grade um, at 208 pounds. Uh, I remember leaving that and, and being really discouraged, and I'm 170 pounds now. And mm-hmm. so leaving eighth grade that heavy was tough and socially was tough. I had a couple friends, but it, w- it was very tough. And my older brother had kind of forced me into wrestling as in sixth grade, and I wasn't too into it. Mainly because as a sixth grader, I was 12 years old, and there was no kids in my weight class. So the first two, three years, I was wrestling 14, 15-year-olds, and not very successfully. I was getting my butt kicked for three years. Mm -hmm. And so right before college, or right before high school, they sent me, with my brother's wishes, because he was going to be a senior in high school, I was going to be a freshman, to northern Pennsylvania. I, I was raised in Atlanta, Georgia, wrestling in in Georgia's a good, but it's not the Northeast, it's not Midwest. And so they sent me off to, to Northern Pennsylvania for a two-week intensive camp that was geared towards wrestlers wanting to enter in college, juniors and seniors in high school. So I was the youngest kid there, and I was also in the heavyweight division. So I got the crap kicked out of me for two weeks. Wow. Um, I lost 20 pounds in those two weeks. Wow. That's how intense it was. And, but it was... It was awesome for me um, because now I really look at that and I can say, okay, now I had a reference of hard work. Mm-hmm. I never really knew what hard work is. And so I came back and I made the varsity wrestling team at 152 that in my ninth grade year. Um, now I had to cut a little weight to get to that. But, um, you know, that changed the dynamic of my social life greatly. Um, coming back to high school, like, who is this kid? You know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, but now I really am so grateful for being overweight and a fat kid as a, as a child. Um, because as a young child, it taught me empathy and humility. Mm. And I didn't really understand that until recently. And now it's almost like I'm so grateful. Like, I, I wouldn't want it any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that gratitude now, I have actually seen my physical body start to change a lot more, which is really interesting. Because mm. I've always struggled not wanting, like yo-yoing, not yeah. wanting to go back. And that kind of drives me because I can, you know, I mean, full disclosure, I remember being in front of the mirror as a, as a 11-year-old, 10-year-old, mm-hmm. just crying because uh-huh. like I hated the way my body looked. Yeah. I mean, I was the kid with the shirt on at the pool parties. Yeah. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. Never felt comfortable. Yeah. Hated pool party. Hated, you know, basketball, shirts versus skins. Please be shirts. Please be shirts. Yeah. Know? It was hard. Uh-huh. Um, but now I I really believe that that was one of my greatest gifts. Wow. And so now that I understand it and have that gratitude for it, now I can kind of transcend this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Now I see what it was there for. Now my body responds to my positive thoughts in such a, a unique way where I have seen as a late 30s, early 40-year-old male, my body change more than it ever has. And me actually loving the way it looks, and it's not the quote-unquote dad bod. 
that mm-hmm. thing because it's yeah. like I don't, I don't associate with that. Like mm. um, now I'm grateful for it. Now it, now it can be what I want it to be. And I know we were talking about body image once. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it came up mm-hmm. and what I was asking you about in my many questions, but you said something to me that really stuck, which was your perception mm-hmm. is your reality. Yes, 100%. 100%. Can you, because even that sometimes when it comes to body image, I'm like, can you just elaborate on that? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let me ask you a question as far as to very, so Forrest, your husband, right? Mm-hmm. So he can tell you you look beautiful. If you don't feel beautiful, do you think you're beautiful? No. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So his perception of you is beauty. Mm-hmm. Your perception of yourself is, is not. It's the opposite. So, and, and the same with my wife. I can tell her all day long she looks beautiful. But if she doesn't feel beautiful, she doesn't think her perception isn't there. Mm-hmm. So it's all about how we perceive something. So, um, you know, I can perceive my youth as being traumatic and, and woe is me. Like, I didn't have all these good times. I was bullied. But now I perceive that as my greatest gift. Mm-hmm. So perce- how we perceive everything, how we perceive the rain outside, like, oh, it's a dreary day. Oh, it's a great day to snuggle inside and watch a movie if we don't have anything. It's a great day to do something other than maybe something outside. So the perception yeah. of everything is our reality, whether you like it or not. Like, so with body image, mm-hmm. is it... My first thought is look in the mirror and say, sure. you are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Or look, what have you yep. done to change the perception? Because it's hard True. when you're looking at yourself and not thinking that. You're 100% right, Jules. Um, you know, until I was probably 37 or 38, when I would look in the mirror, I really noticed that I wasn't looking at myself in the eye. And mm-hmm. that, like, from, for 38 years of my life, I'm looking at my stomach, my love handles, like mm-hmm. my stretch marks, my the extra skin because I have extra skin because I lost all their weight. So I'm I was constantly focusing on that. So think about when you're looking in the mirror. What are you typically focusing on? Mm-hmm. All the places you hate, right? Yes. It's not enough. I hate this. This, but do we ever look at like the good good parts of our body? And that starts off though with me saying, look at my eyes, look at my eyes, mm-hmm. and like my own eyes, really closely to the mirror. And start for saying, I love you. And like, then it's like, you'll feel tingles in your body. Aww. Because to, to connect deeply in there, it's like, you're not focusing on anything else but that, that re- reflection in the mirror of your eyes. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really kind of speaking to that internal. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to see all those other, other parts that you perceive as not good enough, right? Yeah. So it really started when, when I'm aligned with, with, living really my truth which is is through discipline and listening to that internal compass mm-hmm. is i can look at myself in the eyes when i'm not really living with like a lot of discipline and, and woe is me and my thoughts aren't necessarily where i want them to be i find myself looking at those bad parts of my body again and mm-hmm. focusing on this is not enough so That's i've been so really true. trying to think about that as far as you know, I still have that extra skin. I still have some love handles. It, thanking them, saying thank you for still keeping me, so I can keep going to the gym. Because if we had a perfect body all the time, do you think it would be like, eh, I don't need to exercise today? Mm-hmm. But it's like through that little bit of motivation, it's like thank you for for being there. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to the gym today, and then looking at it and saying like, it's all on its way. Wow, look at it change. And you might not even see change, but I literally look at my body. Look at it changing. Look at yeah. it changing. 
Mm-hmm. Like you're doing awesome, Jonathan. Look at look at this. I love you. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of males that I talk to, that that is not even on their radar. But I really believe it's like maybe instead of, of constantly saying, I hate the way my stomach looks, I hate the way my butt looks, I hate the whatever. Like, wow, look at my eyes. Like look at my smile. Well, and what act that's what actually matters, right? Right. And it only matters though if you perceive it it matters. Because yes. we can focus mm-hmm. what you focus on expands. So now think about that as far as body perception. Yeah. I hate my stomach. What's going to expand is the more hate for your stomach mm-hmm. or your for your your legs or for your butt or mm-hmm. for whatever that is. And so I'm really work on trying to flip that body image. And I mean this is the house for our spirit. So like Yeah. A, it's insanely important for my house to be as healthy as I can make it, barring the challenges that I, I go through. But B, it, it's loving this house, mm-hmm. right? I mean, just like your apartment might have something go wrong, you're not going to be like, I hate this house. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to start to repair it. Mm-hmm. A, a house, a home is a living, breathing thing just like we are. And so it's never finished. It's never complete. It's the progress of it all. So just really starting to say, like, I love you more and more to your body, yeah. to yourself. To yourself. I mean, and doing that, looking in the eyes deeply. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't lie to yourself when you're looking deeply. You'll know it. Yeah. You'll ask a question, and the first thing that comes up, you're probably not going to like if you're really trying to, to figure out something hard. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes to body, I mean, I really do. I look at my body in the mirror now, and I say, you know, you're changing. This is awesome. I can't mm-hmm. believe it. I know it's going to change. And so now I'm focusing on that. And now this, I mean, we can get a total sidebar of like quantum physics and things like that, which is we're all made up of like empty space and atoms and molecules. Mm-hmm. And so if I can put a positive thought of change, because that's the only constant within our body the, our, our entire life. Think about that. You're not the same body you were a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. But there's still, still these thoughts that encompass Julia, right? And so if I can start to mold my thoughts now to the image I want of my body, your body will respond. It will. I mean, um, the body's amazing. And we all know through the power of our thoughts how our body can react. Say you have a, um, an aggressive or a very intense conversation coming up with a boss. Or, or somebody you work with, and you start going through in your head what you're going to say. You can feel your body tense up, right? Oh, yeah. And, and your body doesn't know the difference of you being in that environment or you visualizing it. So now I'm going to go to visualizing the body I want, and it's going to respond mm-hmm. instead of constantly beating it down. Yeah. We beat ourselves down so much mm-hmm. that it, why would our, our body re- respond to everything you're trying to do to make it better if your main critique of your body is I don't like it it's not enough it's ugly so right? good you know so I mean? good okay so hearing about body image and then now where you're at now mm-hmm. I know a question that so many people have is nutrition mm-hmm. and exercise and there's a lot down that mm-hmm. but starting with nutrition sure. through this journey and what you've had like we've talked about the mental mm-hmm. what would you say is even a top Thing you've learned or experienced for you that's made a big difference in how you feel? So nutrition is, is really so individualized. However, yes. um, you know, my nutritional 
philosophy has changed. Where, while I do look at protein, fat, carbohydrates, all that on the nutritional label, what I'm looking at more now is ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really comes like I need if I'm we are what we eat. So I really want to put as much life giving things in my body as possible. Now I do do intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to be a little more strict, but now it's at least 13 hours. It used to be at least 16. So I kind of backing myself off and saying, hey, if I'm hungry, eat. Um, but a lot of that is is really focusing on what I'm putting in my body as far as the quality of the nutrients. So within my fast, I'll break. So black coffee doesn't break a fast. So um, I always break my fast with athletic greens. Um, okay. And so that way, that's like 75 vitamins and minerals, a green juice, like 12 servings of, of fruits and vegetables. It absorbs so much, and so it's not going to create a, a glucose high glucose spike. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my nutrition is really focusing on that how my body handles like insulin, glucose, and sugar. Mm. Um, because you can kind of hack little ways to get a better response through it. So that that's one little thing. That That's a lot to kind of unpack on my physiology. However, um, if I had to strip it down, yeah, and I really, I did this with my kids, that they love, we try to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. The kids, it's a, a giant challenge. <laughs> and so... There, Penelope, my daughter, she's nine, and she loves like cra- crackers and bread, everything that is just processed. Yeah. Um, and so we try to have healthy stuff in there. However, one day we were challenged with dinner time, and she didn't really want to eat anything, and she wanted these cheese crackers. And there was a sweet potato that we hadn't eaten for a while or cooked in in the vegetable bin. And so I said, Penelope, go grab that sweet potato and grab your crackers. And I, this sweet potato had been sitting there for about two weeks, and it had a spud literally growing out the side of it. And I was like, think about this. Think about how much life is in this potato. So much life that it's growing another potato out of it. <laughs> now look at this box. You know, is yeah. there any life? Everything's been stripped down and, like, just compacted into a cracker. Mm-hmm. So I think about that with the life-giving aspect of food because we are what we eat. And so that's such a big part of it, just the quality of of the food you eat and mm-hmm. we are fortunate to be able to have we spend a massive amount of our budget is on food yeah now on the flip side of that and and this is a generalization and i don't want this to be taken wrong we don't get sick that often my children don't get sick that often they're playing out there in the dirt you know they're we don't have the hand sanitizer in the house yeah um and so that's another side caveat but however it's the quality of the the ingredients um that that we really eat and really try to simplify that as much as possible mm-hmm. as far as um, even within the processed stuff if my wife tries to say hey if there's more than five ingredients like let's just not get that yeah you so know, you're smart with what you're buying what, from what? the store mm-hmm. and so you're you really eat clean try to eat clean whole foods yes yeah now we did we just signed up with a great um, regenerative farm CSA which oh, is yes. a community supported agriculture uh, out of McClellanville called Chucktown Farms Chucktown Acres and so we get regenerative um, beef poultry and and um, pork from them once a week and it is a greater cost but you're also helping out the these animals are able to graze and live as they should. Mm-hmm. And so I also believe the energetic aspect of what goes into those animals also yes. relates to us. 100%. So I don't I don't want to 
eat an animal that sacrificed itself by living in a tiny cage in a dark place because I don't feel like those are going to really be like life giving. No, uh-huh. that, that poor that. animal stress. So as far as eating your normal week, if mm-hmm. you're on the go, do you guys meal prep or kind of how do you go about? And I know you have children mm-hmm. eating clean in this life yeah. of working and, and, and yeah. going. That's tough. Um, so usually with my fasting and my lunches, I am packing that out. And so with the breakfast, I don't, it's like coffee. Um, however, my athletic greens, and then also, so I'm back up. If I get hungry before my fast, I have the essential amino acids, EAAs, which are building blocks of protein that will not spike a, a glycemic response. So I'll have those somewhere probably before I break a fast or if I'm going to do a fasted workout. Because the essential amino acids help my body to tap into the the fat and caloric reserves rather than my muscle as energy. So I'm kind of there's that hacking. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, working smarter. Working smarter, not harder. Because if I go into a fasted workout without those essential aminos, I'm probably going to cannibalize my muscles because they're going to use the the energy within my muscles to mm-hmm. for energy rather than the fat. So, um, so right now in my truck, I have a little cooler. I have my um, EAAs, essential amino acids. I have my athletic greens, and then I have some like um, some almonds. I actually have some uh, can of sardines, which I'm not allowed to eat in the house. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> Don't bring those in here. Right, <laughs> that's um, for your truck. <laughs> yes, and then it. Um, but those. And are, so, would you have your lunch in there? Yeah, um, yeah. I'd probably I'd, my whole lunch is in my truck right now. Let's hear what it is. I mean, it's it's those oh, two your things. Sardines. <laughs> sardines, and there's some Marcona almonds and some uh, green olives, and and so that. That's a pretty good fat protein, and I'll typically break my fast probably like probably noon, one o'clock today, uh, and that'll hold me over. So I'm not a one meal a day person, but I'll probably that'll hold me over until dinner time. And as a family, mm-hmm. what are you gonna have for dinner tonight? That's a good and it's question. always different, probably. But let's just hear a little example. It is because we're picking up our CSA today, so okay. that that can dictate it. Now with the kids. Um, Spaghetti and meatballs are constant, constantly like their go-to, and that's something we can give nutrient dense. And so it's like you know, um, even the meatballs, we'll get like a grass-fed meatball from Whole Foods. Um, And then if we don't have the ground beef, we'll use bison for that. So they're getting a Mm. lot of protein. Protein is probably the hardest for our kids. Um, For dinner time, a lot of time, Britton and I are a lot of salads um, with a protein. So. We eat a lot of chicken thighs. Um, actually, one of our go-tos that we were talking about, sauteed chicken thighs with a fire-roasted tomato, like organic canned tomato with kale and like onion and feta cheese, and you all kind of just saute it. Amazing. It's almost like a, that a, sounds so good. Like, yeah, it's really good and simple. Okay, and, so we can really hear how, how good you're eating, and you're a habit with you on the go, so you've really yeah. kind of learned how yeah. to do that. That's That's awesome. I love that. And now, just to get a little bit into exercise, sure. do you move your body every day? Yes, every day, no matter what. Um, going back to our, you know, your body is your house for your spirit mm-hmm. and your soul. So I feel like our bodies are made to move. Um, and that is something that, as far as I incorporate movement within my morning routine, um, even if it's very, very simple. Um, and then I usually try to do some sort of exercise workout somewhere throughout the day. Um, but I get up, I'm going to go 
and do literally I, I roll out of bed like I, I roll out of my bed <laughs> and to do 50 cat and cow movements um, 50 50 wow. so this this, this shows you how he levels up like I would have done four <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not easy like it and I, I'd say like I that's why I love it I don't necessarily my two feet don't hit the ground first it's like you my knee and my hand like because I'm just like because most that's of the time it's funny. 5 a.m and you um, crawl to the alarm clock yeah well so my alarm clock is actually this thing like oh, vibrates this is a, like a is whoop. that a whoop mm-hmm. which I like it because it's not an audible thing it's just like zzz, zzz, like you can feel it and mm. it wakes you up um it's a little dangerous for me I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know I'll, if I'd get up. I have birds chirping. It'll, I mean, it'll it'll progressively get oh, more, more intense. intense, but you just kind of tap it. And so mm-hmm. at times, I, I guess I have tap, tap it in a stupor, and then I'm like, all right. I know, that's what I, I wouldn't make it to my workout yeah. class. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, my movement aspect has changed a lot. I was, I was a little hurt this summer training for triathlon, and I found a new chiropractor in Mount Pleasant that really changed my modality about hygiene movement hygiene spinal hygiene and so a lot of these cat and cows and these exercises i do came came from dr seth strauss and it was because i used to tell you like i'd go and i'd do my burpees yeah i don't know you told me that and so i've I've changed that i'm Mm. still doing movement so 50 cat and cows like i'm this is usually five o'clock in the morning wow we're we're all off of bed and so that that starts to wake up my your spine right and breath now i go to the bathroom do my bathroom thing, but while I'm in the bathroom, I will do these open neck exercises to start to really loosen up, again, spinal hygiene. We brush our teeth every day, that's personal hygiene, right? We clean our face, clean our bodies, that's personal. All the hygiene. Spinal hygiene, it's every day, so it, it, he's really helped me to understand movement better on that. And so there'll be three different neck, basic neck exercises, 50 of those. Wow. So like the, the aspect of it's just really con- strengthening all these little muscles around your spine. Um, and so I, by that point, it's been about five minutes in the bathroom. I'll go outside. Um, or I'll drink 32 ounces of water with some sea salt. And then I go out for my meditation. Once I get done with my meditation, I'm usually doing like one, two, three, five different exercises. Very basic spinal hygiene and hip, hip mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll jump on the trampoline for five minutes. Love it. Yeah. And so... I usually come in to get the kids up at 6.30 a.m. I'm done with all that by 6.30. Now, that's, that's from 5 o'clock when I get up to 6.30. And so that is a lot of time. But there's zero distractions. I choose if I want to pick up my phone or not. Yeah. Like, I choose if I want to get on social media. So that is, like, the cornerstone of, of my day and of how I set that. And so there's even if I don't get to another ex- movement exercise or, or any sort of exercise, I know I've giving myself that spinal hygiene and I'm with the jumping on the trampoline I have a little bit of cardiovascular but I'm flushing my lymphatic system mm-hmm. and I, I feel accomplished for just movement in my body so that's okay. all before I even have a cup of coffee what's your balance between just moving your body kind of doing what you just said or going for a walk mm-hmm. and then doing more exercises like push-ups sure. and working out sure are you just like overall move your body that's great yeah the, or an emphasis on the like getting to your workout that's a good question i have really changed my philosophy on exercise since i've had children mm. 
built around play. And so think about a child as they play. You know, they, they're kind of doing one thing. Then they might sprint off and, like, tackle their friend. And so <laughs> I will get after it two or three times a week because I want to be able to sprint with my six- and nine-year-old, which now will be faster. But in 10 years, 16 and 19, they'll probably be faster than me. But I still want to be able to sprint, and I still want to be able to take them skiing and snowboarding, and they're riding the snowboard. My son surfs with me. So everything I'm doing, I'm moving seven days a week, but it's built on play. Now, I will work out, but it's, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift weights probably once a week because mm-hmm. I have to. And I can sometimes fill my body. Just to like, stay strong. To stay strong and keep my muscle mass up. Yeah. Um, Especially once you enter your 40s, testosterone starts to lower, muscle mass starts to decline. So it is very important for okay. me. And also think about like in the sense of the pyro aspect of, of our, our ancestors. I want to be able to pick up heavy things when I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of that old advantage of, of chop. Move your kids into college. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot to carry. There's a lot to carry. Um, you know, I want to be able to move things when I have to. Um, I want to be able to run quickly when I have to. I also want to be able to have cardiovascular stamina when I have to. And and you mentioned flexibility to me. I was just going to say, just getting off, think about getting off the floor, like without using your hands. And mm-hmm. I teach a 75-year-old woman every week, and it's very hard for her to get off the floor, and we work on it. 100%. I mean, I talk to my parents about it. You know, most of the time for elderly people, it's, it's false. So that comes with ankle and foot mobility and mm-hmm. strength. So I tell my parents, you know, hey mom, like, just get up on off the couch or the, your chair without using your hands ten, then start to twenty times mm-hmm. standing up off of the chair, because it's that that strength. And so jumping on the trampoline is a lot of foot mobility. And so I walk around barefooted majority of the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've now moved into like these zero drop shoes where I'll, where I'll run. It's basically like you're running barefooted. Um, yeah. And then I'll run on the beach barefooted as well to be able to strengthen all those all those little muscles. Um, we can get into that a little bit if you want. But, um, you know, I think foot strength and foot mobility and, and flexibility, you know, it's the, it's the palm tree during the hurricane that bends with the wind that stays where the oak that's super strong and rigid cracks and breaks mm-hmm. with the wind. So yeah. the aspect to be flexible and malleable to whatever comes at you. So it's almost like a cross-training philosophy a little bit. Um, it, but it's I'm going to do yoga once a week, if not twice a week. I'm always moving. Um, I am still training for triathlon, so I'll swim once a week. And then typically it's once a week some muscle building but then i leave it open if if i want to go run the bridge and i need to run the bridge today okay so cool. you kind of just see what you're feeling see what i'm feeling and sometimes or not feeling. no and, and on it so the, to that exactly yeah like, like sometimes i'm like oh you know i should i should go do the rower today i don't want to do the rower you're gonna go do the rower like mm. that's kind of how i'll be like ah because you know you feel better after yeah and i know like what am i afraid of why do i not want to do it because it's uncomfortable. Mm. So sometimes I'll play games with myself that way. Yeah. Of like, you know, the two voices. It's like, I don't want to do that. That's miserable. Now you get to do it, big boy. Yeah, you just let's it. go. <laughs> you just picked it. And so yeah. I have a question for someone that wants to get moving True. more or exercising more and they're kind of on the couch. Mm-hmm. What would just be your boom Walk. advice? Walk. Walking. Get outside. Yeah. Walking like every day. Just get outside. Um, 
because the little bit 30 of 30 minutes or are you saying just start at 10? I, th I think start at 10. Okay. I mean, start at something that's approachable. Mm -hmm. If no one's ever had a, a exercise routine and they're feeling really, you know, just heavy down on themselves, oh, I need to do something, get up and go for a walk. Do it in the morning. Do your hardest thing first. Yeah, for So sure. that you have that sense of accomplishment. Mine is flossing. <laughs> flossing. But like as far as, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot, is, is giving yourself grace for, for your situation. Yes. So it's. Don't beat yourself up. I, I need to get in the gym. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to just get up and go for a walk. Mm -hmm. 10 minutes a day. Yeah. And then the next week, add 10% on. So one minute. Start where you and are. And then one minute. And then mm -hmm. one minute. And it it's the aspect of the consistency that changes. You know, it's the consistency of not doing something that got you into that position or whoever in that position. Mm -hmm. So you really got to flip that. The Okay, it's going to take this much consistency to get it out. And yeah. not get discouraged in that. Because it's all patience. Consistency over perfection. That was my New Year's resolution last year. Yeah. And I just stuck to it. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be going to a really hard workout class. Just that consistency it really adds up. 100%. And I will say one more thing to that, Jules, is perfectionism is isolating. It's lonely because nobody's perfect. Yes. And so when we're striving for that, we're typically harder on ourselves. But that's also isolating to our relationships around us. Because we can't relate to anybody that's perfect because mm -hmm. we're not. Yeah. So um, that's one of the things going to giving yourself grace. It's just like, I'm not supposed to be perfect. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I love that. So getting a little bit, I know we've already really talked about mm -hmm. this a lot, but mental health. Mm -hmm. How do you care for your mind, your brain? I know you meditate. Mm -hmm. um, so I do meditate every morning. Um Probably, you know, 59 out of 60 days in a row. Like, you know, I don't miss too many of those. are kind of non-negotiables. And even if it's not a long meditation, I'll do 10 minutes of, like, some quick breath work just to calm my mind. Even to, like, a quick two-minute, four, seven, eight breathing. Um, I think you've done some of that. Yeah. And so I'm always trying to do that in the morning um, all the time. But the quality of our lives is really dependent on the quality of our thoughts, right? Perception mm -hmm. is reality. So I think it was Albert Einstein that said that our most important decision you can make, is this a, a loving, giving universe or is it an aggressive, scarce universe? Is, mm -hmm. it, is it abundant yeah. or is it scarce? Mm -hmm. And so with that, when it comes to mindset, I'm trying to always remember that abundant universe. Yes. Even in the hard that. things. I do too. And the hard things are really when it's sticky and you're like, how am I going to find the abundance in this? Or what am I trying to learn from this? And that's how you can flip it when hard things are going. Because it even in my kids at, in their Montessori school are learning fixed mentality or growth mentality. So you can always look at your reaction to something and then step back. Is this a fixed mentality or is this a growth mentality? So the meditation is a huge aspect of that. And I found that through really a, a rough time in my life. And I was like, I just got to try this. And it has made such a giant difference really? in my life. I mean, exponentially different. What has changed or benefited um, from doing it so regularly? You know, the, the aspect of looking at abundance and seeing, seeing like, I don't want to sound cliche, but it's like seeing the goodness is, is there instead of, victim mentality 
But so when you're in that meditation, mm-hmm. so you're pausing in the morning, you're sure. doing your breath work, everything's quiet, no distractions. Is that when you're challenging your brain? Like all the thoughts come up, oh, you yeah. notice. So in that moment is yeah. when you're changing how you think. I think so. Um, because uh, this this can go in a lot of different directions. Um, <laughs> you know, I think Herman Melville, who wrote Moby Dick, said like God's one and only voice is silence. And so a lot of times it's like there's so much chatter. There's so much chatter in our brains. And so... In that meditation, the whole aspect of meditation is just to quiet the mind. And then it starts firing again. And so a successful meditation is just coming back to that quiet mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And the, yeah, that's the strength because that's really strengthening my focus, right? And through that coming back to that breath or that empty emptiness, so much kind of comes like up. Up and down, like ideas will come almost like during those times. And so the idea will pop into my head, which is usually really cool where I'll think of something. Then I got to pull back to the meditation. Yeah. So like, again, and... and, Because I'll think, oh, I need to write this down right now. And I'm sure you've had it. Like, (laughs) I've had pretty... Visions. Visions, 100%. Mm -hmm. I've I've had insane mental downloads during your yoga classes. Mm -hmm. Where like, I'm, I'm such in a flow state that something will come into my head. And I'll be like, whoa, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And so the, the meditation of quieting our, our thoughts constantly, what that does is it strengthens the half second before we impulse react, before an impulsive reaction. And so, you know. That's good. It strengthens the second like, like before the, you react. Yeah. Your meditation strengthens that. Yeah. And so I might meditate for 30 minutes, but that might make me hesitate for a half a second in a in a conversation to so not react pause, to just not to pause. react just to pause okay let's go back to when you started mm-hmm. because i know even from my listeners even my mom yeah. so many people i've tried and it doesn't sure. work for me it doesn't yeah. work for me and i remember talking to you and saying i pray mm-hmm. i talk to god all the time mm-hmm. i miss chatterbox but i notice i'm never listening i'm never just receiving yeah you know and so that's a goal of mine is I do have my morning quiet time and stuff but to do it and have really more moments of just stillness and peace Mm -hmm. but when you started I can say when I started my brain was all fire Mm -hmm. all chatter all crazy Mm -hmm. my mind that monkey mind was nuts Mm -hmm. how has that changed for you so do you still have that crazy monkey mind you kind of know what I'm saying yes Yes, it has gotten easier, um, okay. but yes, hundred percent. And I would I would say that let's take meditation, just like we would look to starting a workout program, right? This person getting off the couch, like, oh, I tried a two minute meditation, but my mind was firing. I'm not going to do it anymore. Well, I tried a ten minute walk, but it was miserable. I'm not going to do it anymore. So how would we see the progress? Mm-hmm. And so that's the whole thing of saying, well, I can't do it. Why? Well, my mind's firing. Well, there's the challenge. There we go. That's why you need it. And if you have a two-minute meditation where you're struggling, but for one second you come back to that breath, that's successful. Yeah. Because that's the repetition of it. And so I started back in 2017 with a program called Headspace. um, Yes. I did that in college. It was great. And then um, 
I used to be big into like Tony Robbins motivational speaking and stuff like that. I'll listen um, to that on YouTube yeah, sometimes. I, when I work out, I'll just put on motivational talk, and I'm like, yeah, I can do this. That's exactly where I started, Jules, on YouTube. And okay. It was um, – I'm going off on a little side piece here with the meditation, but um, I was going through a hellacious time in 2017 and was just like, I need to listen to some Tony Robbins motivational stuff. I need to yeah. get out of my head. Okay. And I had like a two-hour drive, and I, I hit play on my YouTube, and it just usually feeds you stuff. And it was a, a Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra interview. Mm. And Deepak was talking about quantum and spirituality in all of the modalities of Tony Robbins. And it just was like, whoa. <laughs> like, wait a second. The only constant in our bodies are thoughts. And, okay. So then I, I kind of went on a Deepak like, trajectory where I started actually, him and Oprah put out a, a like 15-minute meditation program. That was like a $50 buy. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try this. Um, and I did that for like six months. Wow. And I loved it. And it was some days it was harder. But it was it was her giving an introduction for three to five minutes. And then like 10 minutes. It's like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And then I got a little bit more into some Wayne Dyer books um, where I started pushing it up to 20, 25 minutes. And so it is just like, just like an exercise routine just the same thing it's, it's a mental exercise routine mm -hmm. so you have to take the same drive and that same consistency and that same commitment that you want to do within a physical routine to do in the mental routine and then they'll start to like complement they complement each other they really do and now I mean I'll do like, I'll listen to like binaural beats sometimes during a workout it's almost a moving meditation mm, things yeah. like that to mm -hmm. really get into it and, and start to get that inner intro proprioception I think is the word where you're like really understanding where your body's doing like in internally yeah, what it's going on it makes on. a big difference so yeah I mean if um, a good intro I've sent to many people is if you just go to YouTube and, and uh, search 478 breathing which is Andrew Dr. Andrew Weil it's literally a two minute that is a that's a meditation two minute meditation two minute of uh, uh, breathing I'll link it in the podcast yeah mm -hmm. it's great and then You'll see your brain. Will, you'll be like, oh, I got to the first one. Then your brain's off somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, and that's so it, just start there. Start there. Everybody mm -hmm. has two minutes. Yeah. So true. How do you handle stress? <laughs> do you get stressed? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, all the time. All the time. Are you human? Just kidding. Yes. <laughs> you get stressed. Uh, yes, and it's you know what's funny is I was talking about my daughter Penelope about positive stress and negative stress. Okay. Because there's positive stress. You could say that a 90 degree yoga room can be positive stress on the body. Mm -hmm. You're going through, to grow, we have to be stressed, right? Um, negative stress is tough. Um, that's, yes, I get stressed. I will, I'll find myself holding it in my body. Mm. And, and that's where like, okay, now I'm open on like what type of workout. Now I got a lot of pent up energy, if, if rage almost. Yeah. So I, I have a punching bag in the in the garage, and mm. so okay. Sometimes I deal with my physical stress that way, my rage, getting it out. Not, I don't use rage as like a negative, like, but you know when you, we all have it. Sometimes you just want to scream, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'll try to direct that into an exercise, um, but. I mean, the breath work mm. is is insane. 
insanely beneficial to the point where like I need 10 minutes I would have sit down in the walk-in closet oh yeah that's my go-to the closet the closet Mm -hmm. and like sit down the lights are and I'll do a 10 minute breath work and it can change your state so well two-minute cold shower will also change your state not there yet which is fine (laughs) um I like warm but we all get stressed and what was it? Mark Twain said, like, I've lived a life of stress and turmoil, but 95% of them never happened. Yeah, Because you know? so it true. lives in our uh-huh. head. It lives. And so I really try to look at really stressful situations in my head, if it's not, like, immediate, like, I, something has to happen right now, but, like, okay, sit with this, John. Sit with this for a minute and see how this feels. Don't react. And really go into like what am I trying to learn here where this is what kind of discernment starts to to creep in and saying is this the ego or is this like a a higher self is this a a truer self is this guy speaking to me saying hey this is what you have to learn from this and then the ego saying like what about me so I typically like I, I do get stressed and a lot of times it's only my perception of the situations mm-hmm. that make it stressful. Again, perception mm-hmm. is reality. And back to your abundance mindset too, because right. you're probably going into lack. This isn't going to happen, Correct. you know. A hundred percent. And I mean, yes, like full disclosure. I mean, I'm a freelance commercial photographer. I have, I live and die off the abundance mentality. If I don't have that, financially things change for me. And I know that's hard to understand for people. No, I live that way too. Literally. It is all on its way. I'm living my dream now. I tell myself that. Like, I'm so grateful for everything. And so when you can be grateful for everything you have, God, the universe says, here's more to be grateful for. 100%. If it's a scarcity mentality, it's like, oh, hold on. He can't handle what he has right now. Yeah. Because there's lack. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so he needs to just be able to figure out how he can handle that. So sitting on things and saying, like, what is how can I grow from this instead of like this is my vantage point what is my advantage point you know like how can I look at this situation and grow from it mm-hmm. and it's not doesn't that doesn't make it any easier Jules like that it doesn't make it any easier but what it can do is it can step back and I can start to have compassion yeah empathy and then growth and like through that how do I need to communicate and that's that's hard really hard and and I've had a lot of recent things with that lately and you know a lot of times when we're having trouble within our minds it's like well this person needs to do this this person needs to do this this person pissed me off there yeah well like take that to your psychiatrist what are they going to say all right well I'm going to give them a subscription for this I'm going to give them this or prescription this no it's us yeah we have to change our perception of it Mm, you know like that's good that's it because the world's not going to change to us Mm mm-hmm but it, it's our own viewpoint that makes it good or bad. And to that, you can't have you can't have good without bad. You can't have up without down. So like, yeah. If I can side by what what's the difference between a flower and a weed? A judgment. So however I'm judging this situation, if I can change my perception to not judge this situation in a negative connotation, then I might be able to see how I can grow from it. That makes sense. Yes. And what I hear from a lot of this is that you're almost, it seems like a lot, in this reflection state of asking yourself a lot of questions. Yeah, jabber. Do myself. you do it in your mind? <laughs> yeah, I do. So you're thinking a lot. 
I think a lot. And sometimes to the point where I ask my wife, I was like, God, why, why do I think so much? Because <laughs> she's like, you're, you're deep. Like, <laughs> you're deep. Well, I, because I, I'm constantly thinking. Yeah. And, you know, I think I, I had read that 98% of our communication happens with ourselves. 98% of all of our communication. So think about those words and how we communicate with ourselves. So if I'm asking myself questions, and sometimes it's hard questions, again, maybe I'll have to go to the mirror and ask those really hard questions. And it's typically a reflection of how I need to like adjust or change or, or maybe take in some compassion about the situation. So mm. like, I think that's, that's, good. that's hard. Yeah. So I have some kind of like fiery questions sure. I want to ask to close. But before that, I did want to dive in a little bit sure. into the relational mm-hmm. aspect because I know that was important to you when it yep. comes to health because I know I was thinking health, mind, body, spirit. And then you were saying relational 100%. is a big part of health. Absolutely. So can you just expand a little bit yep. on that aspect and why it relates to health and your health? Yeah, 100%. I mean, the New York Times just did a survey that said the number one thing precursor for happiness is actually community mm-hmm. above all this other stuff and then you can take like the blue zones what are the which is the I love largest the number zones. of cent- cent- centenarians in the, in the world those have a sense of community and so relationships it's almost like a reflection of yourself right and so mm. also the people closest to you in your life are going to trigger you the most for your growth. And so those people who are super close to you within a, a marriage or a parental, they're going to trigger those growth questions even more. So if I can have a positive dialogue, even with things that we might not agree on, to understand where people are coming from with compassion and points of view, then I can become a more well-rounded individual to understand the world around me. Because there's eight and a half billion people on this planet. There's eight and a half billion viewpoints of this world. And so through like relationships, it, it really is like I'm not alone. Mm. You know, the like you have good relationships, you're not going to feel lonely. We've all probably been in a relationship or something. And you're not lonely, but you feel lonely. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You're lonesome. Mm-hmm. So I think having like-minded people around you or even people that are challenge you but want to see you grow is insanely important and that's something going into 2023 that my wife and i have really we want to cultivate do better at cultivating a community of like-minded people around to really bring that sense of happiness of support Mm -hmm. but also going into a marriage um which i'm very happily married however it always hasn't been good there's been insanely tough challenges. Mm-hmm. And those tough challenges we were able to get past, it was, it was really me looking at behind how I'm coming out. How am I showing up? You know, well, you can be in a relationship and you're like, oh, things aren't going well. Every time I come home, we're arguing. Like, we're oh, blah, blah, blah. How are you showing up when you're coming through the door? Are you looking for those things to be there uh-huh. and be annoyed by them? Yeah. Right? So you're already coming into a negative space looking for that if you walk around a hammer you're going to find a nail you know and so for those times that it's been really hard in my wife and i's marriage and we've been together for 12 years married for 12 together for like 15 16 um it had to be me coming back and being like 
am I putting what my expectations are for her to grow on her? Because she's her own individual. And so I need to step back. I'm, I tell we don't want to, I don't want to should all over you. You <laughs> yeah. should be doing this. You should be doing that. She's her own woman. She's going to grow it at her own pace. Mm. And so to, when we were having problems, I was running like three different businesses and she was trying to get her business going. And so I was like, hey, you should do this. You should do that. You should, do, should, 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 should. And that was suffocating to her mm. because she couldn't grow in her own way. Yeah. And it was causing a big rift in the marriage. So eventually I had to really step back and say, you know, John, you need to have compassion and patience. Because she is not you. Yeah. And to actually step back and look at how she's growing and to support that with patience and compassion. Mm. But within that, so maybe some of my needs aren't being met. Okay, well, am I being egotistical? Or am I saying, like, she's not making me feel this way? No, no, no. I can only make myself feel a certain way by how I perceive this. Mm. And this is hard. Like, patience. Is, is hard, is insanely hard. Uh-huh. But um, of course, a miracle says like infinite patience brings immediate results. So if I can have infinite patience, it's a paradox uh, within the aspect of her own growth, then I'm immediately satisfied. Ah, you know what I mean? There we go. Yeah. So it, it's tough, um, but I think that we all need to have more compassion to our partners because just like us going back to body image. And things like that. If we're not in love with ourselves and what we're doing, we don't have love to give out. And so you got to put your oxygen mask on first mm-hmm. when the plane's going down before yeah. you can put on help For somebody sure. else. And mm-hmm. so I think that when it, it comes down to it, when you're having tough times within the relationship, it's like how am I showing up, and how might this person need to feel love as far as like how can I be compassionate to their situation? Yeah. More than well, they should be compassionate towards mine. Mm-hmm. Because if you lead with service, it'll open up. Like, yeah. It'll all open up. Like, how can I serve you? How can I help you? And when you love, it's like in that space of love is where the growth of you and the person comes. It's like when you're judging your person or your kids or anyone and should do this and doing that. No one grows in that no grows. space when they don't feel love. Right. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think you're right. Whenever we're in a space, stress, relationship issues, body issues, what came up to me, you just said judgment. We're judging everything. Mm-hmm. We're, we're judging we're our so bodies. We're so hard on ourselves. You know, we're so hard on ourselves. But And then we're hard on everyone else when we're so hard on ourselves. Right. I mean, I think that's, that's the whole thing there, Julia, is that when we can step back from judgment, then compassion starts to filter in the mm-hmm. uniqueness. Yeah. I tell my kids, I was like, you want to see what God loves? Go look at a forest. Like, there's not one thing a same. There's, there's uniqueness. There's different sizes, spaces. Like, that's all, oh, all of us. That. Like That's sweet. We're all different. Yeah. And so I might judge something completely different than you. Mm-hmm. I might see it as ugly. You might see it as beautiful. Yeah. Think about how much stress I'm putting on myself by seeing that as ugly. My thoughts, mm-hmm. the energetics of that. Now it's like there, there's ugliness because I'm judging something as not being beautiful. But it, it was all, all here. What's so interesting, so I kind of started the podcast on what's your secret. Everyone Mm -hmm. wants, when they meet you, they feel peace. Your essence is everything Mm -hmm. you're saying. So hearing 
asking you about physical health, mental, mm-hmm. relational, all the things, nutrition, sleep, discipline, all the things. It's interesting how so much of it just comes all back to love. Love, 100%. I mean... I, it's more It's more mental and viewing. It's, it's all a, the mind. It's everything. It's everything. I really, um, I really do think that that is like that is why we're here to experience love mm-hmm. um, and the ups and downs of the emotional. I heard a great quote. Um, I can't remember what it is. It's like God divided from one into many for the joy of coming back to one again. And it's just like, wow, okay. And you're like, okay, well, love. It's all about love. So well, love is supposed to be unconditional. But we had to, God had to create conditions of this world for you to transcend and get to unconditional. So all these judgments are in a conditional realm, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. mean, that literally, like, um, what we judge, we're putting conditions on it. But if it's all supposed to be unconditional, that's heavy. Mm-hmm. That's saying no matter what, I'm going to erase judgment. So erase judgment from my body. Erase judgment from, the, I need to do this exercise or that exercise. I just need to move. I mean, my body was made to move. Um, now, nutrition, you're going to judge what's good and bad. <laughs> That's a little tough, but um, judgment and acceptance yeah. come hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, I, that's the, the space that I want to try to be in, and, and I want to leave people with a sense of excitement about life because I'm not in a space of judging anything within themselves. Mm-hmm. Because, like, what, what can I learn from you? You know, like, this is awesome. And so I don't want to judge anything that happens because then I might miss something. Mm, yeah. And yeah. I love how that goes all the way back to your childhood. Yeah. What you said in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, it really does. Um, yeah. I, I can remember being a fat kid looking in the mirror. And yes, I might have been crying. But I can remember specifically one time looking in my eyes and being like, is this me? Like, I don't understand the voice in my head and this body. Like, mm that association and maybe that was kind of the start of me not being able to look in my mirror because I didn't associate my spirit my essence with my body because I didn't like my body you know Mm -hmm. and now I'm starting to love everything about it and now like what I see is what I like want to see and even when I don't it's like thank you yeah thank Thank you you. thank you thank Thank you. you right so Well, Jonathan, this has been amazing, as I knew it would be. I have some fireball questions, but you can take them how you want with your (laughs) answers, for sure. Are you at peace? Yes. (laughs) I I love that you just said yes, because that's what I feel around you is peace. Thank you. So I'm glad that's your answer. What advice would you have for your younger self? Oh, that's a good one. Um, it is all going to work out. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's all going to work out. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll still, again, going back to looking at my eye in the mirror. And when I'm doing it, when I'm like, I love you, I'm like, see, buddy, we did it. Oh. Like, I literally will talk to my And, like, that's in so powerful, Julia. Yeah. Like, I challenge anybody that that's listening cry. to, like, spend one, 60 seconds looking at yourself deeply in your mirror. Mm-hmm. And say I love you, and then like, give yourself a compliment. Like mm-hmm. it really, it mm-hmm. matters. Your body will respond to it. So, um, yeah. Good. What do you do for fun? Surf. 
paddleboard. Um, yeah, I play with my kids. I'm you like, have fun every morning on your trampoline. Yeah. I'm like, that's a, that's like pretty fun to it start is. your I day. Mean, try to be <laughs> in playful. the stars. Yes, try to really be playful. I think uh, we age faster when we lose that sense of play and wonder. And you know, I have peers that are my same age, forty, young forties, early forties, and they look fifties and they don't have that jovial sense of humor and play. And I think that's very important. Great. So I laugh at myself. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my mom's question. Okay. What's your New Year's resolution if you have one or do one? Oh, I think I'm gonna do dry dry January, which is okay. a good one. But it you know, that is a, a loaded question. Um, I know. When she said it, I was like, huh. Yeah. To be to be more patient and intentional. You know, I have about two years ago I did this exercise where it was really boiled down your try to find your three pillars of yourself, of how you want to live your life and go forward. And I kind of did this exercise and I came came down with patient, a vibrant, impactful. And every day at noon, my alarm on my calendar goes off and it says patient, vibrant, impactful to remind me of like how I want to try to be and going forward and making decisions. And, but it kind of hit me, the patience is probably the biggest struggle. Mm-hmm. Mine too. And whether it's a workout, whether it's a meditation, whether it's a relationship, I'm being impatient. Love is patient. Love is kind. I'm being impatient. And so it was about a month ago I was struggling and one of my head just spinning in my head like wow John you actually have to be patient to be vibrant then you can be impactful and I saw that the range that I had put that because it's like again infinite patience brings immediate results most of our issues and stressors in our lives are because their people aren't adhering to our sense of urgency or our schedules especially Mm -hmm. with kids I don't care. And God. God. I'll be like, come on, God, let's go. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I got to be patient. Divine timing's perfect. Divine timing. And so I'm really trying to be more patient, and that honestly is probably with myself. Yeah. And that kind of contrasts probably a lot of the stuff I was saying, but it's just like I have to be patient and sit with myself, and it's all on its way. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't necessarily have a – there it is. Yeah, That's yours. I, just want to be I do do mine kind of like that as well. No. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you yeah, so this awesome. much. Yeah. This was great. And I just felt that I feel like this is not only going to help my listeners, but a lot of men too. Yeah. I was even thinking of my own family, Boris, my dad. I'm just thank you for being so courageous no. and honest thank with you. your story. Yeah, I it's appreciate awesome. it. No, happy to be here. Well, isn't he just amazing? I'm so grateful he said yes to coming on the show, and I feel like I know Jonathan will be back eventually. We could talk for hours and hours about all the things, but just wanted to let you know I linked a two-minute meditation that he recommends when getting started, also a book he gifts to everybody. To get connected with Jonathan, just follow him on Instagram, Jonathan underscore Bonsec. I'll also link that in the show notes, and in 2020, 23 he is opening up to coaching clients so reach out to him on instagram for life coaching i mean i want to be coached by jonathan so if there's anything you can do to really kickstart change in your life it's to reach out to someone and have their help on the on the journey so thank you guys for listening please message me if you enjoyed this and let me know your thoughts Uh